I'm Aubrey Henderson. I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach, here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week, I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, babes. Welcome to this week's episode. This week's topic is one that you all had so much to say about. So many good thoughts, so many interesting perspectives, so many different definitions and lived experiences and strong feelings. And I am so, so glad that I get to talk about it. It makes it even more exciting to get to to share about it and you know, to have you all interested in talking more about this. And, you know, this all started a little over a month ago when I had someone reach out to me, someone from our community on Instagram, who said, hey, Aubrey, um, would you ever consider doing a podcast episode on platonic intimacy? And I said, absolutely, I would. And so, you know, from this person, I sourced kind of their specific questions. And they have, you know, actual specific questions about their lived experience, their, you know, sort of situation that they're in. And so I am going to talk about this through the frame of those questions. But what I wanted to do first and, you know, what I did about a week ago on Instagram is what I often do when I think something is interesting and, you know, want to talk about it more is I polled you all in my Instagram stories. I did a couple of polls, a couple of questions um, for folks to, you know, just share a little bit more about their perspective on this, you know, topic of platonic intimacy. And a couple of things became really clear really quickly. One is that I, you know, posed (laughs) this topic and asked some questions about it, just saying like platonic intimacy, platonic friendship. And immediately, multiple people asked me, okay, uh, what do you mean when you say platonic? Like, what is your definition of platonic here? And that for me revealed you know, a little bit of a bias because my immediate my immediate thought is like, well, there's is there more than one definition of platonic? Which there there is, by the way, just FYI. Um, you know, but for me, I have in my mind, and so just to inform as you're listening to this, what my what my frame is that I'm coming at this with is that I I think of platonic as basically friendship versus like romantic partnership or like a sexual relationship, right? So, you know, platonic to me means the absence of a sexual or even a romantic component to the relationship. And just FYI, I'm hesitant to say like platonic relationships can have no romance, even though I feel like that's often the dichotomy because I think there, I'll talk about this eventually, but there is a lot of, you know, romance to the idea of friendship, um, especially, you know, close committed friendships but all that to say you know it's somebody who you're you're not in a romantic relationship with them you're not in a sexual relationship with them the relationship is platonic and is a friendship and that's that's how i think about that word but you know as enough people were asking me like well wait hold on what do you mean about like when you say platonic i asked that as a kind of a separate question that I was asking folks. What, how do you define platonic? And, 
you know, folks had different kind of narrative and perspective to add. So one person said, you know, my queerness automatically kind of complicates this idea of platonic versus romantic and kind of like the hierarchy that's there and, you know, what it means to have intimacy and be in community with people. And so it's not as black and white as like sexual, not sexual, romantic, not romantic, right? Which I thought was a really, really interesting and important you know, framing, Um, you know, one person said that, you know, that a platonic relationship is a relationship where you've agreed or you've made the choice that nothing sexual or romantic is going to happen, which I think is a really important distinction. It's going to it's going to become clear why when I go through the questions that this person has submitted to me. Right. But, you know, that the choice has been made. It's not necessarily there's no attraction, right? It's not necessarily, there's no possibility that that could ever happen. And so the relationship is platonic, right? There's no feelings of that kind. And so the relationship is platonic. But the decision has been made that it's not going to be acted upon. There were some people who said there are no, there's no attraction, no sexual feelings, no romantic feelings, right? And that that's what platonic means. Um, Some people referenced Plato, which is, you know, where this word platonic comes from, this idea that that there is sort of this platonic ideal of of perfect friendship. And so does platonic mean like that ideal of perfect friendship, right? Which is definitely not how I was thinking about it, but also is, is literally where the fucking term comes from, which I think a lot of people don't necessarily know. Also, a lot, a surprising amount of people were like, oh, I really thought there was a letter U in this word instead of A in platonic. Um, so that was interesting. We had some some thoughts and feelings about how it's spelled even. But just, you know, to name as we even go into this conversation, right, as I begin to answer this person's questions, that we might have different definitions, you and I, or, you know, you and a person that you view yourself as being in a platonic relationship with, you might have different definitions of that term. And it just is, it's a beautiful example of how we all are seeing everything through kind of our own lens. And we might not be defining things the same way. And so that is, you know, might be an an important conversation to have if you're, if you're, you know, wanting to get clear on, you know, a relationship that you're in or, you know, how you are getting your needs met in a certain relationship, um, making sure that you have even the same definition of what the fuck you're talking about could be a good place to start. So with that said, I'm going to kind of weave some of the things that you all shared on Instagram through my answers to this person's questions. But let's jump in to where this person starts. So this is the person who reached out to me who asked me to do this episode. And so I'm going to go through their questions. Okay. Um, Is it okay to feel feelings of sexual attraction to friends and how to sort of grapple with this and maybe speak it to cut that tension? So anytime anyone asks me if it is okay to feel, I would stop at the word feel and say yes. Like it is, and you know, the idea of is it okay or not okay, feelings are neutral and they don't, I know they don't feel neutral, (laughs) but feelings like morally, like is it okay or not okay, feelings are neutral. You feel how you feel. And I'm a pretty big believer that, you know, we can do things to influence our emotional experience. We can, 
you know, we can make choices that hopefully have, you know, the the type of influence we want to have. We can influence our, our feelings and our emotional experience, but we can't control it. So is it okay for you to feel a feeling? Absolutely. If you're looking for someone to, to validate that and, and make you feel like, you know, that's okay and you haven't done something wrong by feeling attracted to someone, yes, it's okay. Um, I'm a big believer that like, if you know, you're attracted to who you are attracted to and there's not, there's not really a way to control that. Um, and, you know, when you're asking, is it okay? And I've, you know, I definitely have had this conversation with people before where they're like, oh God, I think I'm into this person. Like, is it okay that I'm into this person? And whether that's because you know, of, you know, they're a certain gender and you're worried that that means something about your sexual orientation or your identity or whatever the case may be, whether that's because, you know, you're you're in a monogamous relationship and you're attracted to someone else. And like, what does that mean? Oh, my God, is it is it cheating to be attracted on attracted to someone? Right. Um, And I think the the answer to that is no. Right. But you know, you're at, what you have to ask yourself there is, you know, is it okay for who? Like, who are you asking, is it okay for? Is it okay for you? Is it okay, you know, if you're in a relationship, is it okay with your significant other that you're attracted to someone else? What does that sexual attraction mean, for example, right? I think those are the questions to kind of ask yourself to dig at something deeper. Because on the base level, like, you're, you're attracted to somebody you just are and yes it's okay there's nothing wrong with that and I think it can feel confusing when we're attracted to somebody who we've placed in that kind of friend category especially if we think about friendship as platonic and platonic as you know the definition being like I'm not having sex with this person but you are attracted to them you maybe you would like to have sex with that person and so you're feeling that feeling that feels incongruent with you know the the behavior that you are kind of choosing to have. And I think the the moment where it becomes okay or not okay, right, or the, the places at least where you have control, are your actions. It's how, what you choose to do with that feeling, right? It's how you choose to respond to that feeling and the choices you make out of that. And I'm, to be clear, throughout all of this, there's no part of me that's going to shame you, this person who wrote into me, or anybody who's like hearing this and resonating with this, I'm not going to shame you really for anything, um, but just to say that, you know, your feelings are your feelings and you're going to feel them. The part that is important to take ownership over are your actions that you take as a result of your feelings. That's not to say there are actions that are good or bad. There are just actions and choices. And so that's what we're going to talk about is, you know, what are the actions and choices that you're going to make? And so one of the choices that you could make, an action you could take out of this is what you get at in the next sentence, how to grapple with this and maybe speak it to cut that tension. And so the suggestion here, right, is that, you know, this letter writer is dealing with sexual attraction toward a friend and grappling with this and wanting to cut tension. So acknowledging that there's tension and wanting to cut it by possibly speaking it, saying it out loud, naming it. And I think that's something where, again, you have to kind of ask yourself the deeper questions of, you know, do I think that naming my attraction to this person will will serve the purpose I want it to serve? Will, will cut the tension or will it potentially create 
more tension, more confusion? Will it muddy things? I think you're the only one who can answer that question. Um, as with a lot, a lot of things, you know, relationally, I think you will have to be the one to to make that determination, right? What is it going to do if you name for this friend, have a conversation with them and say, there is sexual attraction here. Um, I feel attracted to you. And you name that. Do you think it'll serve the purpose of cutting the tension? I think in some situations it can. I think that sometimes when you name a feeling that you feel is pretty palpably there, it can, you know, create some relief. I've been in scenarios where I, you know, I feel like, I feel a little bit like, am I imagining this? Am I, you know, I think that this is this feeling is here and I think it's mutual, but like, am I just making it up in my head? And so that conversation, if there's a lot of trust there, and if, you know, the the relationship is such that that it feels safe to do that, I think there can there can be a way to have that conversation and say, like, hey, I just like I I want to name this. It feels like it's here. Tell me if I'm off base. I you know, I don't know if you if you feel the same. Um, but it, you know, recognizing that that does open a door. And I think that's important, right? It depends on what you're hoping to get out of that. If it's literally to just say, hey, I feel this and I wanted you to know, or hey, I feel this and I, I need to name it because holding it in is is uncomfortable, um, it's recognizing that a door has been opened and not necessarily that anything has to happen because you've talked about it, but it does change the dynamic. And maybe that's going to create a feeling of relief, but maybe that's going to create awkwardness. And for some people it does, right? For some people that creates awkwardness to say, I'm attracted to you. Oh, I'm attracted to you too. Okay, so what do we do now, right? And so I think it's also being realistic about, you know, playing out in your mind the different ways that conversation could go and how that might feel as much as you possibly can predict that in advance. Um, Okay, so the next part of this question, this is the same person. I'm in a partnership but I want to have strong friendships. It feels like in hetero relationships, it's really taboo to have friendships with people who you might be sexually attracted to. And I struggle with how to be clear on my boundaries of friendship without it seeming like I'm assuming the other person's perceptions of the situation. So to break that down, basically, this person is in a partnership, okay? And it's a heterosexual partnership and wants to have strong friendships. Um... But there's the feeling that, okay, I'm in a partnership, I'm in a heterosexual relationship, this person is a woman who's in a relationship with a man, and, you know, it feels like it's it's taboo for me as a woman to be friends with other men because, you know, there's, there's a stigma around that because there's a possibility for sexual attraction, right? Um, so that's, she's naming that as her experience, and then... Um, you know, struggling with how to create clear boundaries. So there's multiple parts to this. So being in partnership with somebody and being in, I'm making an assumption that the relationship is monogamous, although this person doesn't explicitly say that here. Um, Based on other contextual clues, I'm going to assume monogamy here, um, which I recognize in its own way is, is its own kind of not great because we assume monogamy all the time and that should that be the default? I don't think so. Um, but that's an entirely different podcast episode. But 
you know, so this person is saying I'm in a partnership and I want to have strong friendships. And I think in a way that we are often made to feel like those things are in opposition. And I think that's not necessarily exclusive to heterosexual relationships. Um, As someone who's been in, you know, relationships where I was identifying as heterosexual and also was, you know, in relationships that you know, the combination was heterosexual um, and also who is queer and who has been in various flavors of queer relationships. I think there are there are ways that though that is stigmatized in lots of different kind of relational configurations. This idea that you should get all your needs met by your partner, right? That you should have one partner and they are the perfect person for you and they're meeting all your needs. They're meeting your sexual needs, your you know, social needs, your kind of intellectual needs, all of your needs are being met by this one person, which I think is really interesting because, you know, as you kind of break down these very like heteronormative ideals of relationships and you start to kind of like peel those things back, you see that that actually just puts a ton of pressure on that relationship, right? And that doesn't mean this person's experience of feeling this way isn't isn't real and isn't felt. But I think I I just want to explicitly challenge this idea that, you know, there's there's this sort of belief that one person kind of needs to be your everything. And then I think there's the additional layer of kind of mistrust that is the default in that, right? That I, you know, if there's somebody who is the a gen of a gender identity or expression that you might be attracted to then you shouldn't have a close friendship with them because, you know, it might turn into something that breaks a boundary of our relationship. And I think that's really, that is something that, and you know, as somebody who is attracted to people kind of regardless of gender, so kind of across the gender spectrum for myself personally, um, I think this, I, I hear this and I kind of am like, man, if that standard was applied to me, I wouldn't, uh, be able to have friends <laughs> at all because, you know, if, if we think about it that way, for me, then everybody is a prospective sexual interest for me. And so, um, you know, I think that's that is something that is a very real standard that is applied and that that is like a mindset that people have. But at the same time, like for me personally, I find a little bit ridiculous, right? And I think people have all kinds of reasons for experiencing mistrust and maybe they've experienced betrayal or, you know, depending on the relationship history, like maybe there there is a history of, you know, somebody cheating or somebody, you know, going behind someone's back or lying or breaking a boundary that has been agreed upon or whatever the case may be, right? But, you know, in this case, this idea that you know, it's it's taboo or it's stigmatized to have friendships with people who are who you might have the potential to be attracted to is really hard. And I think it also gets at what I was saying before, this idea of hierarchy, right? That your your romantic relationship has to meet all of your needs and that you won't need those needs fulfilled by something outside of your partnership. And I asked people about this on Instagram actually. I asked if, you know, just a poll, you know, do you think that romantic relationships are? Do you think of them as being hierarchically above or more important or a higher priority than your friendships or your platonic relationships? And a good like 90-something percent of people said, you know, no, I don't think of them as a hierarchy. 
you know, uh, romantic relationships are not inherently more important, like a good majority uh, of people that answered that poll. But folks did have kind of additional narrative to offer. So people said things like, you know, time and commitment are a real factor here. So like if I've been in a relationship, a romantic relationship for like 10 years, then it's not even necessarily just that that relationship is romantic, right? But it's that it's there's deep commitment and time investment there, right? I've built a life with this person. Um, you know, some people talked about the idea that you're, you know, some you're making big life decisions with somebody and that, that that's kind of a characteristic that makes that romantic partnership feel like it's hierarchically different. Um, you know, some folks talked about this idea, too, that I think is really interesting that, you know, they're sort of just now seeing how friendships can meet sort of deep, intimate needs in ways that we've only really been socialized to think about romantic relationships meeting those needs. And this is somewhere where I really, I love talking about this because I have, you know, I think I'm somebody who I think of myself as having quite a few close friendships. And, you know, I have I have friendships that I am deeply committed to, to the point that I, you know, check in with those friends every single day. Um, whether it's, you know, literally just to check in and see how you're doing. I have, you know, friendships where I am in like regular communication with people because that level of of closeness and connectedness feels really good for us both and there is that there is an intimacy in that right and you know i think there are there are ways that 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 can feel odd to people when i when i talk to people about that and this idea that you know friends can meet those sort of really deep emotional needs or that friends can meet needs that maybe your partner can't meet um is kind of radical and so it was interesting to me that 90 something percent of people <laughs> said that there's not kind of that hierarchy for them um i think that's also largely informed by you know people who who interact with me on instagram kind of know and maybe largely relate to kind of my personal politics around friendship. But, you know, I think we, I think we do, I think we put a lot of pressure on our romantic relationships. And particularly if we're in monogamous romantic relationships, we put a lot of pressure on them in this way. Um, And so I think that is something that's, that's important to name. I don't know that that necessarily solves anything for the person listening to this when you're saying that's, that's stigma you're experiencing. But I do want to validate that. That is, it. it's a real thing and it sucks and I'm sorry. Um, and you say here too, you struggle with how to be clear on your boundaries of friendship without seeming like you're assuming the other person's perception. So here, <laughs> this is basically saying you want to have the conversation. This, this is my interpretation. You want to have the conversation about boundaries, about saying I'm attracted to you, but like let's not you know, we can't go past this point because I'm in a monogamous relationship and that would be violating a boundary of my relationship. So naming the attraction, but also naming the boundary and being really clear. But the fear is, it sounds like, that the other person maybe doesn't feel the same. (laughs) And so that might be an awkward conversation to say to your friend, hey, I want to sleep with you, but we shouldn't sleep together because I'm in a relationship that is monogamous and that would be... um, 
like not okay with my partner and having your friend then say I'm sorry what now you um I I'm not interested in having sex with you at all and have, in fact, never thought about it. And this is strange, right? That there's the fear that you have different perceptions. Um, and I think that I have two things to say to that. One is that I think I think there's you always somewhat risk that if you're naming a feeling that you have for another person that feels vulnerable, whether that's you know, saying to someone, I am attracted to you, whether that's saying to someone, I don't want to be your friend anymore, whether that's saying I am in love with you, whatever the case may be. There is, it's a vulnerable act to name that and to be the first one to say it, right? So I think inherently there is some, there's some possibility of awkwardness because you're not going to know how that person feels unless you speak explicitly talk to them about it or unless you wait and they say something to you first which they might not do so I think that that's that's really possible um and I also think that you you likely have a gut intuition about whether they feel the same way and I you know I I think our gut is often a lot more reliable than we give it credit for. And especially if you're here and you're you're listening to and resonating with my content, um, then you're probably similar to me or, you know, the folks that I work with as my clients. And there are ways that we have been socialized to believe that our gut instincts are not trustworthy and should be ignored and, you know, aren't correct and what are dangerous, whatever the case may be. And so this is me telling you that if you have a sort of gut feeling or if you are feeling a vibe that maybe the other person feels the same, you can't know for sure until you talk to them about it, sure. But I I would encourage you to let that be a comfort to you. And maybe that's all that you need to do or know in this scenario. You know, maybe if you're saying there's, there you, you feel an attraction, you don't want to act on it because you're in a partnership and you're not you're not trying to, you know, do anything that violates a boundary of that partnership. But you feel attracted to this person. You think they might be attracted to you, too. You'd like to still be friends with them. Um, and you would like to set boundaries around that. And you think this person might be feeling the same, but you don't know for sure. So you're afraid to say anything. I think you can let your intuition lead the way a little bit. <laughs> I think there, you can let your intuition be a comfort and know that if you're feeling a vibe, that is something. And you might be misreading it, sure. And you might have this conversation and this person might say like, dude, I don't feel the same way. And it might be awkward for a minute. But you would be entering that conversation from a space of like, hey, I just want to make sure we're on the same page about what this is and isn't, right? And so I think if you're doing that from from a good-hearted place and from a place that is is prioritizing the fact that like, hey, this relationship is important to me. Like, I really, I appreciate your friendship. It's meaningful. I like the connection that we have. Um, and these are the boundaries that I need to have in place to make that feel okay for me. That is a vulnerable conversation to have and that's not lost on me. And at the same time, I think, I think that a true deep friendship can ha- often handle a conversation like that. And even if it's awkward, you can recover. That's my gut response to that. Um, yeah. So I think it's I think it's worth having the conversation and not 
It doesn't mean you have to. I mean, I think you don't, you're worried about seeming like you're assuming. And I think there's a difference between assuming like, oh, this person definitely feels the same and saying, my intuition tells me based on, you know, things they've said to me, how we've interacted that maybe, maybe they feel the same. Let me allow that to propel me into having the conversation that feels vulnerable and using that to give you some courage to say, hey, here's my side of things. Here's how I'm feeling. Here are the boundaries that I'd like to talk about. How are you feeling? Right. Not prescribing any, you know, anything where you're like putting words in their mouth or assuming how they're feeling, but being brave enough to initiate the conversation. Yeah. And then you asked how to deal with feelings of guilt for seeking platonic friendships when in partnership, either self-imposed or from your partner. So this one's tough. I think, you know, if you're feeling guilt about a friendship, I think the important thing, as with as with a lot of things where you're you're looking at a feeling, I think you have to ask yourself what that's rooted in and where that's coming from. And I think feeling guilt for your friendships as compared to your romantic partnership can come from a lot of places, right? It can come from that ingrained idea that, you know, our our partnerships are supposed to be the end-all be-all and that our friendships are taking away from that, right? And so feeling guilt that our partner's not meeting all of our needs or that we have, you know, feeling guilt that we have needs that our partner can't meet um, or that, you know, that we should be low maintenance enough that our our partner can meet all of our needs. Um, so it could be guilt about that, right? It can be, and it can be kind of rooted in this, this ideal of like what a relationship should look like, to which I would say, it's okay. It's okay if your partner doesn't meet all of your needs. I firmly believe that. I think it's great to hope for, you know, if you're a person who's monogamous and you're looking for a romantic relationship and the person that you're looking for, you know, is able to meet a certain chunk of your needs, right? Um, I think that I think that's fine. I think it's fine to hope for a person who is able to be a lot of things for you. And I also think it's unrealistic to expect that they're going to meet all of your needs. So if they're not meeting all of your needs, that's not a terrible thing. And that's not something that you need to feel guilt for. I think the idea of guilt imposed by your partner, I have a lot of questions about and I... I immediately feel nervous and worried about that because I think, you know, when 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 we start feeling like somebody is is creating a situation where we're feeling bad about having relationships outside of them, that is an early sign to me of like one, a lot of insecurity that that person is feeling and projecting onto you and also you know, I start to worry about that being not an emotionally safe um, relationship. And so I think, you know, asking questions about if your partner is is imposing guilt on you for having friendships outside of the relationship, that that's a red flag. And I would encourage seeking support around that for sure. Um, but I think if it's if it's specifically this insecurity that you talked about earlier around, relationships that are with someone with whom your sexual orientation feels aligned and there's, you know, the possibility for sexual attraction to happen. I really think, I mean, it depends on the context of your relationship, sure. 
But that is a space for a lot of transparency and honesty and communication. And I think if there is if there is trust, which comes from communication, from the willingness to be honest with one another and be vulnerable, I think that is something that you can have a conversation about and really seek to understand from your partner, you know, what is it that makes you feel uncomfortable? Um, and are there ways that I can make you still feel comfortable while honoring the fact that like I I want to have friendships and it's important for me to have friendships and not that that takes away from how important our relationship is to me, but that friendships are are additive to my life and, you know, these things are important to me and they matter. And, you know, I think there is a way to do that that both honors the fact that, you know, if your partner's feeling something that is that is creating a sense of of insecurity or a sense of, you know, not feeling completely safe in the relationship or whatever the case may be, wanting to understand that, of course, and creating the space for that, um, while also honoring what's important to you, which is the ability to have friendships and to have friendships that are that are close and that are fulfilling for you. Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wild. Eliza and Wild creates all-natural, high-potency CBD products designed to give you targeted, everyday self-care inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all-natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you and for the earth. And y'all, Eliza and Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all and everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products, including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with. And like, did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin? Because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm and it is changing my life. And also it smells amazing, which we all know is really important. And I know that you're going to love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at ElizaAndWild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's ElizaAndWild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5, for 15% off. And so the last thing that this person asks is, how do I talk with my partner about my platonic friendships when they might feel insecure about it? And I think this is a couple things, right? I think this is, for one, I think there's a piece here around honesty and transparency and finding what the sweet spot is for your specific relationship, for you and your partner. Um, And so maybe that is just, you know, reiterating, like, our boundaries are being honored here. I, you know, this is what this relationship is to me. This is what is not happening here. And these, you know, these are the boundaries that we've agreed upon and I am honoring those and that's important to me and reiterating that in a way that, you know, you all are very communicative. Maybe it's, um, you know, having, creating 
a space for your partner to name what it is that creates insecurity for them. And this can be more, you know, more or less challenging depending on where your partner's at with being able to name insecurity, right, and talk about insecurity openly. But I think there is some exploration around, you know, what is it that makes you feel insecure? Is it, you know, is it the feeling that if I'm if I'm enjoying spending time with other people that I'm that I don't enjoy spending time with you as much? Um, and really digging into what those things are and having a conversation about it and understanding what the insecurity is or is the is the insecurity around a particular person? Is the insecurity about, you know, perhaps this this person has been has experienced betrayal? I have a client that I'm working with right now who has experienced just a ton of romantic relationship betrayal where people have betrayed their trust. And so it is difficult to feel secure in relationships for that reason. And so that could be something to talk about and to explore and be open about with your partner. But really understanding where that insecurity is coming from and, you know, creating that space with without judgment and, you know, as as open and as non-judgmental as you're able to be about that so that your partner feels safe sharing that with you uh, because that's also then going to help you understand how to navigate those conversations. I think the other thing to be really mindful of here, and that I just would be remiss if I didn't name, is that, you know, something I also think that we can do in this scenario is we can we can tell ourselves that, you know, we, oh, I really, I'm attracted to this person, but I really just want to be friends. And I really, you know, I, we can definitely honor the boundaries and we can definitely just be friends. If Maybe if we just talk about the attraction, it'll cut the tension. And we can kind of do the mental gymnastics to tell ourselves that when really like we're into somebody and we want to sleep with them. And, and that is a human feeling and it is real. And some of us are a lot better at being able to experience that and set boundaries and honor those boundaries. And that goes for both you and this potential friend that you're, you know, in, you're exploring the idea of of naming an attraction that's there and setting boundaries around it. Some of us are, are, you know, okay at that or have kind of the skill to do that. And some of us really would struggle. And it is different from person to person. But I think it's important to name because I think sometimes we we can tell ourselves, oh, it's it'll be, you know, I'll just I'll use willpower or I'll I'll just, you know, make the feeling go the sexual feelings go away or, you know, I'll just I can just tell myself that it's never going to go there and we can be just friends. And I think sometimes that can work and it can be great. And I hope that that's true for you. And I think sometimes those, you know, sexual or romantic feelings are powerful as hell and they're also something that can sort of torment you. And so I hear this and part of me is thinking like, oh, I, you know, I feel like it's a lot to balance this idea of, you know, I care about this person who is my friend. I feel attracted to them, but like I want to maintain a friendship with boundaries. And also here on the other hand, I have a partner who may or may not be insecure about me having a close friendship with someone who I'm, you know, could possibly be attracted to without even knowing that like, oh, actually I am attracted to this person. Like there's already the insecurity without even necessarily knowing that detail. And holding both of those things is a lot. And so part of the reason I say this is to say to this person who wrote into me, 
you're holding a lot and I see you and I see that. And that I think it's important to look at this with some some radical honesty and only you can answer this question of, you know, is it that you want friendship with this person? You truly are like, I want to prioritize my, you know, romantic partnership and, and make sure that that stays intact and that my partner it feels good about everything that's happening. And also it's really important to me to have this close platonic friendship with this person that I'm attracted to? Or is it something that I feel like I have seen a lot, um, which is, you know, I kind of want to like keep this person on hold, right? I want to keep this person kind of as close to me as possible, kind of go right up to that line of crossing a boundary and, you know, but just not quite do it uh, because I kind of am holding out hope that something might happen. Right. Is it is it that? And again, no judgment if it is that. But I think there is some recognition in that of, you know, if that's what you're hoping for, if there's a part of you that hopes that this will turn into something eventually that is non-platonic or that you you want to maintain the friendship because you'd like more time to kind of like figure it out. I think you have to be honest with yourself about that. And be honest with yourself about kind of what your what your intention is in this situation and also to recognize that if you're if you're doing this kind of to like hold out hope for for it to potentially turn romantic or turn sexual that, you know, in the meantime, it's probably going to be pretty uncomfortable. It's probably going to be potentially like painful and really difficult. And so I think doing that deep self-reflection first of like, what is it that you really want out of this? You know, what is your and the, the reflection I would encourage you to do is like if you could have this exactly the way you wanted and other people's feelings weren't a factor, which I get that they are. And so this is your thought experiment inside of your brain, not necessarily what you're going to do in real life. But if you if you could have this exactly the way you wanted it to go and everyone else would be OK, what would happen? Like, what's your gut instinct reaction to that question? And if it's I want to fuck my friend and have no ramifications for my relationship or I, you know, hope that my partner wants to break up with me um, and so then I can go be naked with my friend, I think that's data for you. That's all I'm saying. I think that's something for you to think about, right? And so, you know, just really do some sitting with that and thinking about, you know, what's creating the guilt for you? What is, you know, what is it that you really deeply want out of this situation? I think it's possible to have a really close friendship with someone that you're attracted to. I think it's definitely possible. And this is coming from somebody who, you know, I maintain friendships with people that I've dated. I maintain friendships with, you know, I'm close friends with someone who I once was engaged to be married to. I really believe that with the right boundaries, you can you can have a friendship with someone where there's attraction. I do believe that. Um, but I also believe that it takes a lot of work and investment and, you know, can be really painful if what you really, really deeply want is to act on that attraction and you're having to hold that tension all the time. So I would really encourage you to, to keep that in mind. And with all that said, you know, communication is key. 
I think being able to be honest not only with yourself, but with the people you're in relationships with and being able to communicate really clearly and make sure that everybody understands what the boundaries are and understands what the boundaries are so everybody can be sure that they're respecting the boundaries, which you can't do if they aren't named, right? I think that's key with everything. I think that's key with every kind of relationship, whether it is platonic, romantic, whatever the hell. Got to communicate. You got to communicate. And y'all, I feel like this talking about this has just opened so many like different roads and paths that we can go down on this kind of big, huge topic of platonic intimacy and the ways that that friendship and, you know, romance and sex all kind of like can bleed into one another depending on depending on the relationship, depending on the kind of set of relationships. And so if there are if this like sparked something for you, if you are like, Aubrey, I totally fucking disagree with everything you said. If you're like, I'm in this different situation and need advice or help you know who to ask and it's me. I would love to answer any questions you have about this, to respond to any thoughts. Um, That is what this podcast is for. It's for you to share what you're experiencing, what you're going through, and for me to (laughs) offer my unfiltered opinion. So as always, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on my website, aubreyhenderson.com. You can email me, hello at AubreyHenderson.com. Send me your questions. I will be here to answer them. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty bad. Or you can send a good old fashioned written message from my website at AubreyHenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babe.